0: Everyone has a different definition of wealth and what success is, but money helps you get there, whether it's freedom, whether it's more time with your family, whether it's an Aston Martin or vacations or whatever. The money gives you that freedom.
1: What's shaking? This is Rick Jordan. Welcome back to All In. I'm with a good friend and just an amazing human today, Pam Jordan, my sister from another mister.
0: Hey, hey, how are
1: we? I'm great. I'm awesome, and you are always that way too. I know.
0: I am. Life is good.
1: So, what do you want to talk? Panic, but good. Yeah, but what'd you say? Hectic, panic, (laughs) but good. Chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. Isn't that the way we thrive, though?
0: It is. If I were bored, it would not be good. I would make chaos.
1: I had a a board of directors member the other day, just when I was telling him what we were doing and what I was trying to accomplish before a meeting this week. He's like, man, you really thrive when you're on the edge, don't you? (laughs) like, yes, I do. That's when I perform the best, where I feel like I'm going to lose my tail and I have to be in that state of mind all the time.
0: Agreed. That's when I get the most done and have the best ideas. Right
1: on. I love it. What's your latest crazy idea that you're like, oh, that could be awesome?
0: Oh, man, there's so many. Um, So, too recently. um, Yeah. Besides the, I mean, obviously. And it comes in teal, so, like, kind of have to. um, But... uh, Doing a JV deal with a software company is nice. something that I'm working on. And I also, I didn't tell you this, um, I put in an offer to acquire a company. Um, they said no at first, but I think I'll get them.
1: That's awesome. That's really cool. Do they do the same thing or is it complimentary? They
0: do, yeah. It's the uh, same services we so provide. So you're talking about scaling then? Yes. That's Let's fantastic.
1: Fantastic that's really awesome now to give context because i know you but everyone who listens to me does not for the most part right now you are so sad i know right there's a where where do you specialize in because i mean we're going to get into a lot of who you are but before that let's what do you do so we can give some context
0: Sure. So I am a fractional CFO, which basically just means um, I own a business accounting firm and we streamline accounting processes for fast growing companies. Um, We do all the numbers so that you don't have to and you can run your company.
1: That's awesome. I'm I'm in an acquisition mode too, as you know, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because if it's an accounting firm, I know my industry, the state of my industry, but this is probably Mm -hmm. similar. Are there a lot of accounting firms that are looking to sell right now?
0: Oh yeah, they they want out big time.
1: I bet because they're probably losing a lot of money currently. There's a, just, <laughs> for the most yes, part. Yes,
0: and then changing deadlines. Oh, you know, my accounting God. firms are used to certain dates are do or die, and this year we had a lot of changes in those dates. No. And um, that wasn't great. And we also have a population of boomers in the accounting field that are ready to exit. So, so You're talking age related,
1: yeah. That's very similar to my industry, too, in, in IT, because there, there's a lot of boomers that are up there, maybe 50s or 60s, and they're looking to exit out. They're, those are the ones that it, – it's weird because our age group this, – maybe this is similar, right? It's Our age group is very rare. In our respective fields you know it's agreed. either those who are just entering right now which is really cool because then we are almost in a position of mentorship for them which is awesome and then there's those that are looking to exit and for those that are looking to exit it's actually not a bad deal for both ways because i've found that everything's on sale right now which is pretty agreed. great <laughs> for acquisitions and it's a good way to scale it's a, it's easier to acquire than it is to sell that's what i've noticed agreed I love that. And then uh, those that are looking to exit, too, I mean, they're looking to go into their sunset years. They might have a couple of... This is great for anybody that's listening because if you can find a good matchup, like what Pam's talking about here, if you find the the boomers who are, are... just looking to go to their sunset years they'll stick around and they should stick around for an integration period too you know anywhere from like six to 18 months is probably the sweet spots i don't know is that what you're finding too is what you're looking at
0: six to nine months is what most people are saying when i'm speaking to them but that's in my field i'm sure other fields there's variance
1: yeah, because in ours, we have... A, I'm sure yours is a little bit more cut and dry, but ours, our business model is a little bit more mature and unique than most others in the industry. So it takes a little bit longer to integrate and convert the clients over to the new model. It's yes. interesting because if I acquire... Would you... I never expected the conversation to go this way, by the way. When, when I acquire, I'm actually expecting almost to lose about half the client base of every single acquisition. How do you feel about that?
0: So in this past deal that I was working on, my number was 30%. I was anticipating okay.
1: losing 30 That's interesting. I'm curious. Can we dive into the reasons that it, I'd love to compare if that's cool? Why do you think that you're sure. going to lose 30%?
0: um we went through their client list and figured out who was uh brought in based on a relationship with the current owners and did the math that way because most of their the majority of their clients just wanted accountants and so it didn't matter if they did it or if my team did it so those were definitely going to stay but the ones that had this close relationships with the owners were the ones that i was most concerned with and we went line by line customer by customer so it was a very thorough analytical number. It wasn't just pulling a number out of the air.
1: That's cool. I I like that. With mine, it's a little different because... There's different business models in my industry, and a lot are not as mature as I was saying in that. To where they are a full managed service provider, where it's 100% subscription-based recurring revenue. They still do time yep. for money kind of a thing, and it's difficult to convert some of those smaller. I know that's like any industry the time for money. You know, I mean, I saw it the other day too. I think it was in Chicago. Um, there was an ad on Facebook that was talking about you know unlimited doctor visits, which is interesting because I actually provide my team with unlimited. Video- doctor visits. This is a be- like a fringe benefit that they get through Healthiest You. It's amazing, you know, and it's so inexpensive to provide as an employer too. So they can actually choose a lower plan. In, in their health benefits and save some on the premium and they have all of their essentially all of their basic doctor sick visits covered for things like sinus infections or whatever even for their entire family. It's awesome. Yeah, telehealth yeah, is fantastic. It's amazing and I started this two years ago before all the COVID stuff too because I just saw it as like a trend in the industry. I don't know how I got on this squirrel but it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> you <laughs> always find a squirrel. Yes, I do. <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's little things like that and then hey, it's another it's another reason to keep everybody around too but i see you know even things like that with uh, and i'm sure your model is more mature than most in your industry too because most yes. accountants are the same way you, you have a recurring revenue model in yours right
0: we do, yes. Heck yeah. We yeah! We do have some projects, but we definitely strive for that monthly recurring revenue.
1: That's where it's at, because it's, it's, it's a win for us, because then we can forecast, and especially for valuation. Anybody that's Agreed. listening, if you're looking to sell or looking to buy, the higher revenue mix of recurring revenue that you have means the more of a multiple and just the more valuation that your company will have when you go to sell. Or if you're looking for it's if you're looking to acquire, it's pretty great because you want to have somebody that's kind of on the lower end of that. Then they're worth a little less, but you can convert them and instantly. That's just the economics of scale, and you can boost up the EBITDA of that company, the profit of that company, and just go to town. You got to be excited. I'm excited for oh, yeah. you.
0: It's fantastic. So. Um I'm having a gentleman that we both know help me with the deal and he says 90% of deals they say no at first so he said just hold on so I have (laughs) hopes and if we don't get this one I'll find someone else to buy
1: that's so cool now you're doing all this amazing stuff in business and you're just crushing it you're also a mom you have a family yes how the heck do you do that
0: um, help.
1: <laughs> a lot of help. <laughs> no, you're talking like, because I know we both enjoy bourbon and scotch. Is that, I'm kidding. That's not the kind of help you're talking about. Maybe some nights. No, I mean, it's good.
0: no, straight. <laughs> Buffalo Trace is a, like yep. a therapy.
1: Nice. <laughs> so, be <laughs> outside of that, what kind of help are you talking about?
0: <laughs> sure. So, first off, my husband is a fantastic superstar, um, Nick Jordan, just for fun. Um, and he obviously works full time. He's actually in the ministry, Um, but he's fully capable as a dad to take care of kids and run the house. So I can jump on a plane and be gone for a week and I come back and like everyone's still alive and they fed and, you know, have clean clothes (laughs) the house isn't that bad. So winning. Um, And then we also have family members and then we also have paid babysitters and things like that to come help, Um, especially right now with the chaos of virtual school and picking kids up and still trying to be productive is very difficult.
1: No joke. You know, And I mean, even though I'm sure your travel has decreased a lot this year, just with everything going on. So you're at home more. How is that? Because I mean, coming back to the mom side of things, what did that look like? You know, when you first started doing everything at home, because you don't work with small companies for the most part. I mean, you go all the way up to what? I think you said 20 million in revenue was, was like the sweet spot. It's like a few million to 20 million in revenue. You know, right. that's not like just a one person shop. You know, no. so you're talking to, to people that actually have some influence maybe a little bit of power and now here you are at home with kids that are not in school how's that working
0: uh, there were so many zoom meetings where like I muted myself and I'm given like the Get out,
1: yeah.
0: you know like or like turn off my camera really quick and yell at somebody get out
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and now that they're in school it's hard because you know I can't log in and which link am I supposed to do and yeah. I need to type and you know we've got three children two eight year olds and an eleven year old and it's not like they've had typing classes and so when the eight year olds have to type a four sentence poem I'm like nah give me the laptop we're not doing this
1: yeah right on isn't it weird that, because my kids have been in, uh, an at home and online private academy before sure. this even started. And I'm seeing right. some interesting differences because it, now it's almost like it, from what you said right there, I'm like, I'm excited because a lot of parents are starting to get it because I saw it a few years ago. It's like the work that they're doing in public schools. And it, I might get on a rant here is some oh. of it is just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and it's like, why are you wasting time on this? Is this ever going to apply to this kid's life? You know, or why are you spending so much time on this? It, it, to begin, no. If they got it within the first lesson why do you have to go through it in five different lessons they could move on take the quiz and say they, they know it
0: yeah and why can't we teach them good life lessons um, our 6th grader yep. um, you know early co- couple of weeks ago was working on long division with decimals dude I, I don't know I haven't done long division with decimals since 6th grade so I had to google it and I watched You know, read the instructions was like okay cool we got it now and she's like mom when am I ever going to use this I said like, 6th grade
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> I work with numbers
0: every day of my life and I use a calculator or a spreadsheet. No one ever in the I, I future this fancy is going to ask right you, here. exactly. <laughs> um, so the, the transition has been difficult because, you know, my husband was used to working full time out of the house. I was yeah. used to working full time out of the house and then, you know, either one of us would get the kids or we'd have a babysitter get the kids. and. Um, you know, share a lot of responsibilities, but I was also on the road at least once or twice a month on an airplane, and so the kids were used to mom being gone and dad holding down the fort and those kind of things. And so with COVID, like mom hasn't left.
1: Wow, how do your um, kids feel about that? There's the other question, right? It
0: was. It's been interesting for all of us. Um, the first trip I did do was down to Florida for our meeting, and um, they were very emotional about me leaving. Wow. And I'm like, guys, like this is what mommy does. Mommy leaves and I always come back. It's it's fine. So the first trip, it was challenging for them to get back into the routine of, Oh, mommy goes away and then comes back and everything's okay
1: that's interesting now your husband nick i've never met him i've seen pictures of him which is awesome and i also think it's awesome our last names are the same our first names are extremely similar we both have sets of twins which is yes. incredible to me too but you say this dude he's amazing because he's around the house he's making sure your kids are fed when you're gone he's making sure that they they have clean clothing that they don't smell when you get home i would think right what right? well, that's that's an awesome dude
0: Yes, I got very, very lucky. Not a lot of dads could um, put up with me and, <laughs> and my career and what I'm building, and um, you know, not run away for the
1: hills. <laughs> That's so great. I love that. And in what you do, because you and I are always so, so busy in, in everything that we have, right? And I, I know you get into profit first. You're heavily into that, which is awesome. We'll get into that in a sec. But a little bit more personal. How do you, how do you build time? Because I know what I do. And I love hearing from other people on this. How do you build time in, which I I don't even like that phrase, but it's something everybody relates to for your family when you and I just always going, always traveling. I mean, even with COVID this year, it was like September. I still had 107 nights in a hotel, even with COVID.
0: Yeah. Um, Time blocking is what I do. Um, I've got a calendar and I live and die by it. So this is my stop time. And at that point, it's work hat off mom hat on and then if I've got to put the work hat back on then I do and have a call or send emails or do whatever needs to be done and then put the mom hat back on um it's been very hard with covid to do both because i was home in my office working and then someone would come in and want a snack and i'm like guys like let me do what i need to do i'll be out in 10 minutes you know and it was even harder because there wasn't an end to it because i was working full-time from home and they were there all the time so there was no beginning or end to either role and so now that we're having some separation of kids yeah. being back in school and me being in the office, I can actually play one role at a time and not, not have to do both, which is nice.
1: That's good. That was a learning moment for everybody this year, for sure. You know, my difference, yes. I was able to bring my kids with me to places. You know, like my son even came filming with me, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the integration aspect of involving them in things that we're doing, which I know you do too. Yeah, yes. and it's, um, it's difficult sometimes because there's always stuff that's going through our heads. Uh, as uh, as entrepreneurs and what we do, because it's never one thing that we're just focused on at any given time, and too that, many windows. Uh, oh my gosh, yes, that time blocking is so important if it's something you can do. I did that last week because we were out. I we were on a. We do life in different places. Like we went to mm-hmm. Florida for a week and a half down to Orlando because hey, I live in Chicago, which is still like stupid and dumb. Covid rules and then we fly to florida because it's like a free-for-all and it's pretty great
0: right? <laughs> except for in the parks yeah
1: except for in the parks exactly oh my gosh we need to talk about this for real because i know how much you love disney
0: uh 18 days
1: oh you're going in 18 days all right yes. my kids are calling the magic kingdom the ccc that stands for the Covid control center my is kids came up with this name. It was so weird, you know. And then we went to Hollywood <laughs> Studios too because it's it's almost like you're being grouped like a concentration camp, onto these little circles. It's funky, and this is different. So uh, you, your kids are what, eleven and eight? You said.
0: Uh, 8 eight, and 11 yeah and 11. except I'm not taking them This is I'm taking is one of you. my friends yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a family trip I'm taking them in the spring uh, one of my good friends is retired as a teacher because she was done doing virtual and so this is her retirement trip gift is we're going to Disney for a couple of days
1: wow that's pretty awesome that's amazing. If you can get over to Universal, I would suggest it, just because okay. it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's some really good restaurants there around City Walk. You don't even have to go in the parks if you want to go to City Walk, but mm-hmm. the, it's those they're doing it right. And you know me, I've always been a Disney fan. Heck, even earlier this year, you know, I fell into this trap in April. You know, once we started locking everything down, I noticed that I should not be at home on my MacBook because I buy clothes and I bought more timeshares for Disney, <laughs> more Disney flights. Like, I bought two more contracts. For I, love Disney. It. I love it. Yeah, like, this is bad. It's like my, my binge purchasing is, is not good for me. That's no danger, good. danger. Exactly. So the, because I've been a Disney fan for such a long time and it's a big part of our family, we love Food and Wine Festival, which is going on at Epcot right now. I know, and I'm excited. Oh, that's that was actually good. So if you're going there, that's cool. But the Magic Kingdom is not such a magical place right now. The, the difference, and this is like in a post-COVID world and we're right back into it now this is great is disney you know i don't know if it's because they're unionized because universal Mm -hmm. is not and the general feel of everything at disney is they were not happy to be back to work Mm-hmm. The people that were there, and then over at Universal, I can't—I mean, they were verbalizing everyone there. It's like, oh, it's great mm-hmm. to see you here. I mean, just like mm-hmm. individual things. Even even the like street sweepers that were just cleaning up the trash on the street were like, mm-hmm. it's really good to have you back. You know, That's it, awesome. it is awesome. You don't get that from Disney. At Disney, you know, my son. First off, it's the the weirdness of trying to eat because even like a food and wine festival thing, right? And, and this is like a side rant. You, you did get me on a rant <laughs> here. I know, but. When you're there, even at Epcot, they have these rules, right? Because, you know, one of the best things about Food and Wine Festival is you could just grab things from one of the 40 different booths of the countries that they have, walk around, sample things. Now, the only, exactly drinking around the world. Now, the only way that you can remove your mask is if you are eating or drinking while standing in place. There is no walking around and eating anymore. So my son, though, my youngest son, who's 10, we were at, like, the popcorn cart. And all five of us, my family, are standing there. This is in the Magic Kingdom. And I'm ordering just some popcorns and some roasted nuts and some drinks and everything. He has a bottle of water, so he's actually following the rules. And he's sitting there drinking, and they would not serve us, wouldn't even take our order until he put his mask on. It was the most messed up thing I've ever seen. You know, it's like you can tell because it, the weekends we were there for Universal, the parks were freaking packed. You go to Disney and it's like a ghost town. yeah. Uh, and you get, I mean, even walking into the gates and everything. And this is like, <laughs> this comes back to like business, really, because you want to provide the best experience from start to finish. Even walking into the gates there, there was no music playing at Disney you know nothing hmm. to create the atmosphere and the environment it was just weird it was kind of surreal almost like zombie apocalypse Disney
0: yeah uh, well I'll when I go I'll tell you how it is please maybe um, it's,
1: uh, maybe they're gonna do better maybe they eased point. up
0: a little bit or
1: right on the peop-
0: I don't know they just laid off a bunch. Disney just laid off a bunch of people so I'm sure morale's not gonna be any better
1: for sure or maybe they're thinking hey at least I have a job now because it didn't seem like they were thinking that before uh, that's um, a good segue into talking about some profit-first stuff. I know. Because I want to talk about this. There's been a well lot of layoffs. Yeah. <laughs> that was planned. Nah. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, layoffs this year, obviously. You know, And now mm-hmm. even with the PPP money has run out. You know, And mm-hmm. I'm not talking like the government's not giving them. You know, I'm talking the businesses that got their PPP loans. That money has run out for them now. Correct. You know, They've used it. Exactly. and. I go back to thinking about profit first, you know, because it. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the general concept without like getting into too much detail? Because then I have questions regarding that. I know it is, but you'd say it way better.
0: Okay, perfect. So, Profit First is a book written by Mike McCallowitz. It's behind me, and it is a cash flow methodology. So, think of an envelope system where you might have a grandma who, on Friday, Grandpa comes home with you know five hundred dollars from his working at the factory, and she'd put some money in a gas envelope and an other in a grocery envelope and eating out envelope and a vacation envelope and a, I don't know, clothes envelope. And whatever's in that envelope is all you have. And that's what you have to spend with. Well, this does the same thing with entrepreneurs because let's face it, we like bank balance accounting. We like to pull up our phones, see what our balance is. We smile if there's money, we frown if there's not. And we look at one big number and we say, okay, we're good. I can make payroll. No problem. Ooh, I can pay off the American Express. We're good. But with Profit First, you have multiple bank accounts, which is basically multiple envelopes. And it lets you know how much money you have, but also what it's for. Because a lot of times we will spend whatever's in front of us. And if we put those into smaller buckets, you have a bucket for profit because profit first. So you pay yourself first. And then whatever's in the operating account is what you have to run your company. And if you have more bills, then you have money, then you have to take a, you know, look inside and figure out how can I cut some expenses? I don't have enough money for this where you don't. And then you're also saving for money for taxes and for, to pay yourself. And so it is built for the entrepreneur and not for us accountants. So a lot of accountants um, buck me when I try to implement it and fight me. Um, But all I have to do is just tell them some stories about some entrepreneurs that I've worked with. Um, One recently, he's in the e-commerce space, and um, I was literally on a video conference with him, his bookkeeper, and his CPA, and they were all arguing with me about Profit First. And he's like, hold up, everybody. Look, before Profit First, I never knew how to make financial decisions. I never knew how much money I actually had. And now that I have Profit First implemented, I know how much money I have, what it's for. And I have more money than I've ever had.
1: That's awesome. The profit bucket, you know, because I know there's a lot of components to this, but there's a magical percentage, right? Yes. What is that percentage? I know it can change slightly depending on the scenario, but what what is that like? That guideline? Ten.
0: The magic percentage for profit is ten, Um, and that is there is a sliding scale based on your gross revenue. Um, But imagine for every dollar that comes in, ten cents goes into a profit account and it is only for you as the business owner.
1: That's That's pretty fantastic. That is phenomenal. And it does
0: so much more. It also increases the value of your company.
1: Right on. It also
0: gives you more freedom. You can go buy Astins or whatever you want to buy.
1: <laughs> that's pretty great. So as you incrementally go up in revenue, that's also saying, "Hey, I'm going to pay myself some more too." And it's 100%. interesting. My industry, you know, and actually, this is just generally across the board, and I've used a stat a lot of times. Is that most small business owners take home? This is from the SBA fifty nine thousand dollars a year. And it's ridiculous because, you know, I look at when it's, you know, let's say you get to a million-dollar company, which is also sort of rare for small business owners. What is it, like 7% of businesses make it over seven figures or something like that?
0: If that, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're there, and I I know what I was making even when we were making 500 k you know, and there's been some years to where I haven't really followed profit first because I would say that I loosely follow it because I would reinvest back in my business. You know, I remember 2018 because we were doing a lot of things, you know, like starting really launching the personal brand and all that. And I look at my personal tax return and said, I made $58,000, you know, and then everyone's free. It's like, I, f- I still feel fine, you know, because I know that I, I've been doing the right things for so many years and I've got other assets that are in places that could sustain those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, so when you're looking at profit first, you know, that 10% that you're saying that sort of kind of magic number, that's what you pay yourself out of. Correct. That's what you get as an owner.
0: That is the extra you get. There's one account called owner's comp, which is your salary. Oh,
1: it was a trick question. And
0: the money used for your lifestyle, so your company vehicle, your cell phone, um, you know, meals that are company related but not. 100% like you're not sitting out with your whole team. Those kind of things run through the owner's comp account, and that's what you get paid. The 10% is the extra. That is the reward you get for being the entrepreneur and taking the risks to run a company and have employees and make the hard decisions. So the owner's comp account number roughly is about 35% based again on your revenue. It can go down yeah, and up. Yeah. Um, but you get 35% income for you, again, salary and your lifestyle expenses that you run through the company, and then an extra 10%.
1: So, if I'm doing the quick math, you're talking 45% gets set aside for you, and then 35, well, a good portion of that, that 35% is the expense, it includes certain expenses of yours too. But exactly. then you run your company on 55% of your revenue.
0: Nope. There's another account
1: called tax. (laughs) Oh, those things. (laughs)
0: So Uncle Sam gets his piece. Um, so that percentage is 10 to 15, depending again on your size. And there's a whole chart that I can share with people. Um, and, um, Basically, ten percent is profit. That's your reward. Thirty-five percent is your salary and your lifestyle, and then ten percent to fifteen percent is what you're saving to pay Uncle Sam because you're running a profitable company. So you're really talking
1: running on forty percent of your revenue is what should pay the expenses of the company, payroll for your team, any overhead, whatever it is, cost of. And again, it's
0: a sliding scale. Yeah. Um, So for some companies, you know, seventy-five percent is to operate, you know, but the percentages come off of historical numbers of companies of all different sizes and industries. So if you were to look into profit first in the chart, you could say this is what my gross real revenue is and these are the percentages. And those are the ideal percentages. None of us start there. And that's the point, because if we were able to start there, we would have piles of money in the bank somewhere. And most of us don't, because the point is, if we had piles of money in the bank, we spend it. Yep, yep. So um, what we do is we figure out where are your percentages now, what are your target percentages, and then how can we incrementally get you there? So I have some clients that we put 1% to tax and 1% to profit and 5% to owner's comp because that's all they can do. And then over time, we're increasing those numbers so they can reward themselves and get paid more money for all the hard work. Because look, being an entrepreneur ain't easy and you need to be rewarded for it.
1: For sure. And starting out, too, you have to start somewhere. It's a, There's no way you can just take chunks like that because you're not set up for for that immediately. Nobody ever is. I think back and mm-hmm. talking about the envelopes. That's literally what my parents did. I remember yeah. this. Every time that payday would come around, they would sit at the at the dining room table. I don't know what the dining room table had any significance or anything. But they would have an envelope for groceries. They would have an envelope for a mortgage. They would have an envelope for car payments or whatever else was there. And they would just literally separate out all the cash that mm-hmm. was there you know and this is back you know they really didn't run on credit cards at, at all you know for the most part sure. and they, they would write checks and everything but for the most part they would just separate things out into envelopes and then that would be how it would be and then of course there was arguments because I thought more should go into one art envelope than another it's what it yes. is you know it's, it's marriage but that's one of the biggest things right according to our friend Stan is that money is one of the biggest issues in relationships regardless yeah you know, that's why I do what I do because and try to go after everything I can is because that's really the only thing my parents ever fought about was money and if there's a system like this in place to where you are designating almost like every dollar for some kind of purpose or something like that then what's the fight about if there's already a foundation in place
0: it's great for marriages um we recently have a client down in st pete that we're working with and this poor guy has built a fantastic company and is working really hard but not paying himself you know pennies compared to what he should be and he's hearing it from his wife you know you're making all these sacrifices you work working all these long hours where's the money blah 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 and we're implementing profit first and part of it is you know the money that you put in a profit account you get and so that first profit distribution he came home with three thousand dollars and gave it to her and she's like what's this he's like this is our profit and she's like oh. Oh, it's working because before he'd never been able to come home. You know, and three thousand dollars, depending on who you are, is it much or it's a ton of money? And considering he hadn't been able to pay himself for quite a while, that was huge for her to be able to be like, oh. Okay, now I get it. Now we're making money.
1: Thanks. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I just think of the, uh, have you ever seen Mr. Deeds? I don't why, n- know why oh, this course. image came on in my head. You know, they're at the dinner or whatever. He's like, here, go give this. There's a couple celebrating their anniversary or something. And he's like, here, go give this $20,000 to them or whatever. Then they cut to it at the end of the season. They're like dancing up on the table. That's like, that's what that $3,000 can be for some people. It when really they start can. Something. Yes. Yes.
0: And then I have another client on the other end of the spectrum um, out in California that we do profit first, and his profit distribution was $30,000. And that was money for him and his wife. So the first um, time that we do the profit distribution, I try to have the spouse on the call just so they can understand that, like, oh, hey, this is your money. Well, she, when I told him, OK, these are the numbers. You get $30,000. Take it out of this account and put it in your personal account. She's like, I get my purse. <laughs> like, I don't know what purse she wanted that was $30,000, but she was super happy because apparently 30000 was enough.
1: <laughs> wow. That's pretty great. <laughs> There's been times yeah. like that. I typically tie ma- major purchases to, like, milestones. In business and life. But something that, I mean, that could be a milestone, right? The first time you ever have a profit distribution can be a milestone. That's something we're celebrating.
0: It is. And I've implemented it in my company and it has been life changing for our company and for my household. Um, I've been doing Profit First for just over a year and I got us out of uh, all consumer debt.
1: That's amazing. I love that.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, we all make decisions that. Get us into debt to grow companies and we, you know, put things on a credit card that we shouldn't, but we have to and those kind of things. And I've gotten us completely out of debt just by using profit first. And I have more money in the bank now than I've ever had.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. What adjustments, and I'm sure you knew that I was going to ask this, right? For those who are in a business right now or maybe looking to start a business because some things Mm -hmm. have changed drastically this year. You yes. know, and we talked about PPP we started getting on that now that that money's run out How can somebody sustain or even feel like they can start a business in this model to where you're designating? What you're going to make as an entrepreneur right off the bat
0: Yeah, so starting off is the perfect point to do it because you don't even notice it's like implementing a 401k that 3% that comes out of your check You don't even notice you know by the second paycheck you forget you've done it. So with profit first implementing from the get go, put 1% in, you know, the profit tax and owner's comp accounts and run on 97%. You're not going to miss that 3%. And then a year later you've got $10,000 in each account. Holy crap. You know, that <laughs> money would not have been there if you didn't do that 1%. You know, I talk to entrepreneurs and startups and they're like, "Oh, well, I don't have any money. We're not making any money." I was like, no, you can make money immediately if you implement this yeah and what we then need to do is look at your costs because you're spending too much money or you have a volume problem so let's look at that your profit's not your problem and so then we can dig into other problems and help them solve whatever it's you know maybe they're not charging enough they don't have enough volume they're selling to the wrong people they're spending too much money in advertising you know their cost per acquisition is off you know all the Fun stuff that I love to calculate that no one else does. So you geek out I about, about a little bit. Out. Yeah,
1: for sure. It's important stuff, though. And that's the thing that, you know, as a business yes. owner myself, a multiple business owner, I don't really want to worry about that stuff. I just need to do because, yeah. uh, you know, going public, had a first board meeting, th- second or uh, coming out of second quarter, going into third quarter this year. And I was telling them where we're at as far as our cash position goes and the looking at things. And, like, Ricky, we want you to feel comfortable. So we want more cash. Like, cool. What do you want me to do about that? You know <laughs> they're like we we want you to be able to, you know, go make another movie. We want you to be able to do everything that drives you forward that's really gonna lift the brand up because we're we're going into this mode of just hyper growth here and we want you to be comfortable and when they're like, Look at you, you're comfortable right now. The business has a lot of cash, so we want more. Like what do you want me to do, guys? And just like you were talking about, the problems w- w- was like volume. Like, Rick, just go sell some more stuff. <laughs> it was like, it was that simple. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I could do that. No problem. Quarter three. Sell. Yeah, right on. Quarter three was off the charts, especially September, because that's what, I mean, just taking direction of individuals, you know, who are there for me. And that I love your position on that too because that's really what you do and it's strictly from a financial purpose because i can imagine that you will save marriages by doing these kinds of things and that's amazing to me because that's the human aspect yeah numbers you can geek out we can talk business all over the place but you will save marriages but just by having Mm -hmm. that extra three thousand dollars brought home and now the spouse thinking oh this is all worth it okay
0: yeah, maybe him being gone all day and you know working 14-hour days is okay. Well, there is, you know, it is working. There is a greater purpose. You know, we will get to our financial goals. Yeah, and being having being in a position where you know your numbers and you can make intelligent decisions helps you at work, so you're thinking clearly. Therefore, when you go home, you're not worried about making payroll because you know it's covered. And you're not taking that home to the dinner table and to the bedroom and all those places where you can't sit and focus and do homework with your kids because you're trying to figure out, okay, when is the mortgage payment and payrolls next week? Like, how am I gonna do that? But if you implement good cash management, those aren't worries that you have to have. So you can be present when you're home.
1: You said a key phrase there, know your numbers. And I, I see, I mean, even in the acquisition world that I'm in right now, I see a lot of owners that don't even know their numbers. Yeah, and that's, that's, I don't understand that because I've always known them, but what's the psychology behind that? Maybe you can help me understand because you literally go in to say, Hey, these are your numbers. That's what you do. Yeah. You know, what's the psychology behind them not even caring maybe for so long, or maybe they just don't sure. even can't get past the hurdle of doing the job versus running the business. I don't know. You tell me. Sure.
0: So what I've found is that entrepreneurs start companies cause they're good at fixing something, selling something, um, Um, you know, service widget, whatever they does. That doesn't mean they know how to run a company. It doesn't mean they know how to manage people and it doesn't mean they know how to manage money, nor do they want to normally do any of those things. They will bring on people before they will do their books. They will have a marketing campaign before they even know what their numbers are. Um, Guilty. And it's the thought of, well, I have money in the bank. And I talked to an entrepreneur last week. Um, he's in the retail space. He's like, but Pam, I have money in the bank. I was like, it doesn't mean it's yours. Just because there's money in the bank doesn't mean it's yours. And so the thought is, oh, I'll just worry about that later. Oh, well, there's money in the bank. I'll be all right. Um, but there's a huge gap between money in the bank and money in your pocket and peace of mind for you and freedom for you and your family. And there's a huge gap and that's where you need an accounting professional to come in and say, look, this is what your numbers are, let's make a plan. And that's where we differentiate ourselves from most most accountants is because most accountants are just looking in the rearview mirror. All they're doing is telling you where you've been. That's what your tax repair is doing. They just say, hey, this is how 19 was, write a check for 20 grand, see you next year. Like that doesn't help you. Business accounting is taking the information about where you've been and looking out the front window and saying, okay, Rick, where do you want to go? Oh, you want to acquire? Cool. This is our strategy. These are the decisions. Let's go. Something comes up. Let's talk about it. Run the numbers. Okay, here are your options. Because as entrepreneurs, we all make decisions based on our gut, right? Like, let's just be honest. But if you have numbers and cash in the bank and your gut, you can take advantage of opportunities that you'd never be able to if you didn't know where your numbers were.
1: That's exactly so, why my board wanted me to be in a comfortable position, so I could make the decisions that I needed to make.
0: And take care, take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, you got it. Because if you have cash in the bank and you're confident in your financial reports, someone walks in the door and knows somebody who knows somebody who wants out, well, all right. Here's you know, hundred thousand dollars. Let's go get them.
1: Yep, right on. That's exactly it. Ready to make the decision. I mean, having the cash in the bank gives you options. You know, and I've there's this whole phrase, right? Cash is king. And yes. well, or I, queen. Or queen. Yes. I kind of think that it might be queen because I actually think the cash flow. Is king. <laughs> if ca- if cash flow is king, then cash can be. It's almost like the, that's what you get from having cash flow. You know, but having cash coming in all the time, and this comes back to our recurring revenue conversation that we talked about yes. at the beginning. If there's anything you're going to start, I mean, that's what I wanted to do 20 years ago when I first got these crazy ideas, and, and I'm like, I need to have recurring revenue. I need to have cash flow. And but now I'm also recognizing, of course, the benefit of having the the queen around too, the cash <laughs> stash that you right. have so that you have options. You know, And that was the yes. phrase that my board used is that, we, Rick, we just want you to have options. We want you to be comfortable and we want you to have options. That way you're not scrambling and trying to come up with the, some crazy solutions. You're good at that. You like living on the edge. That's cool. But it'd be great to have seven different options because you have the cash available than it is to just try to make one or force one to work.
0: 100%, yeah. I love it. And there's no reason why any business owner out there today couldn't be in the same position all you have to do is find a good partner you know if most entrepreneurs hate numbers cool find someone who likes them i like numbers (laughs) i'm weird i get it but i'm still fun in a bar but find someone who likes numbers who can tell you where you are track your numbers in real time and give you better information and help you store up those reserves so that whether you know, whatever flashy thing, shiny object comes in front of you, whatever squirrel you see, you can go after. Where in normal circumstances, most entrepreneurs can't take advantage of those opportunities because they don't have the cash and they don't even know where they are. I've had clients where I've gone in and they wanted to sell and they wanted to exit and they had no idea where the numbers were. And I'm like, dude, I can't sell you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need two to three years because I don't, you don't even know what you're worth. You don't know where your numbers are nor can i convince anyone else to buy you and that these are your numbers
1: it's sad to me when i see entrepreneurs that are you know they even might be doing two three five million dollars in revenue a year and the only thing that they're purchasing is like a vehicle or something like that it might be like you know a honda civic or, or whatever like a tiny little it doesn't matter you know and it's not because they they can't afford it it's just that they by lack of decision and actually knowing their numbers is what prevents them from affording it and they yes. never move past those marks, those milestones in revenue, because it's a psychology mindset thing that they don't know where they're at now today. So all they see is, the, like you're saying, the money in the bank. It's like, oh, you know what? All I can do is a $200 a month car payment. That's it. And then they roll exactly. up and they're trying to sell you know a couple hundred thousand dollar contract to an organization. And the organization sees what they're driving. Like, well, why are we going to do business with you? You know, there must be yeah. something a little wrong here. You know, yeah, to, you
0: don't want like your banker <clears throat> or your doctor your lawyer driving like a Kia or something
1: oh my gosh I saw this the other day because this is a story right it's a it's the backup uh I I, my primary physician it's funny because you mentioned this but my primary physician is awesome dude he's looking at retiring he's like 69 years old right now and he's the president of this clinic, and then there's another really good doctor that's there. He's really, really good. He's even the CMO, the chief medical officer of the hospital nearby, too. Large, Mm. top 100-rated hospital. Amazing mind. And then he – I saw him because my doctor was on vacation, whatever. I'm like, dude, have you ever thought about concierge medicine? And he's like, well, I have. And I'm like, you know, you're a really good doctor. You could make so much more money. And I asked him, I'm like, what's your patient load? He goes, well, annually – I. My portfolio is about six thousand patients. <laughs> six thousand patients. This isn't like way a way lo- too many. Exactly. This is at like a local medical center, and I, this is like a typical medical center for suburban America. And then uh, I'm, at, I'm like, you know, these these concierge men I said, don't you think you could provide a better quality of care because you have the ability to? Your mind works this way, to where you could only have a two hundred patient caseload and devote more time to each of those families and make a lot more money and at because higher you, margins. <laughs> (laughs) Exactly. Because you're charging 25 to 50 K a year. He's like, well, I just don't think that's fair to everybody else that's around. I'm like, okay. At that point, I jumped off ship for the conversation. But then it was like two weeks later. I'm at Best Buy. Right. And I'm in my Aston. Okay, And I actually see him there. He doesn't see that it's me. And he gets in his car. And his car is like a Hyundai Sonata, you know. And I'm thinking, what what is up with this guy? Because it's self-limiting. I don't even think he knows his numbers because he's a partner at this place, and he's just not understanding how to advance in life, you know, meaning advancing in business to to set the money aside to make sure that he can push past those next plateaus. You might be happy where he's at, but imagine if he put aside that ten percent.
0: Yes. Exactly, and everyone has a different definition of wealth and what success is, but money helps you get there, whether it's freedom, whether it's more time with your family, whether it's an Aston Martin or vacations or whatever. Um, the money gives you that freedom.
1: Always, always, always. We got 2021 coming up, and this is a thought process in my head, and this is where I'd like to, to kind of wrap things up here today, because this year it was just jacked up. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, from a business perspective, for a lot of businesses, it just messed up. And unfortunately, we talked about the PPP money running out. If businesses mm-hmm. are thinking they're going to close their doors at this point in time, it's just the straight truth that that's probably likely going to happen. You know, but there's it's sad. It really is, you know, because they're, they're at a point like, you know, I, if this stuff doesn't change, I've seen this in news articles and interviews and everything. If this doesn't change in the next two months, we're closing our doors. Well, I'm sorry. Things aren't just that there's no magic wand in the next two months. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. So start preparing for something different now. But for those that are maybe somewhere beyond that that are actually, they're surviving right now, and they're looking to move into thriving in 2021. Mm -hmm. What's the best financial move that they can make immediately to make sure they can still sustain through these next three months, six months, whatever, and then actually go back to growing next year?
0: Sure. Conserve cash. Whether you use profit first methodology or something else, start Socking away cash Because you need Three to six months Of expenses Put aside Because there was A lot of industries Retail, hairstylists You know Movie theaters In North Carolina I think just opened You know You've got to have Reserves aside So there's something happens You can weather The next storm And you might say No I'm barely Paying my bills now Look one two three percent put it aside you won't notice and all of a sudden you'll have a couple thousand and then ten thousand then twenty thousand and then, and then that next time a storm comes, you've got payroll for three months and you can keep your good people and you can keep them motivated and you can come up with another idea to generate revenue and keep on rolling and not have to close.
1: That's beautiful. What about focusing on sales too is that something? Oh yeah yeah. I, right. I, I love what Sales you're saying. Sales is how you get money. It is. <laughs> there's a. I mean, looking at your expenses, cutting back on that too. If there's anywhere that I would encourage anyone to. <laughs> still invest in right now is their marketing efforts, their lead gen efforts, you know, because yes. conserve cash by eliminating your expenses. Yes. And do what you're saying. I'm with you on that because we've been doing that, setting cash aside. I, I was just talking about that. And at the same time, we're shifting dollars elsewhere into lead gen and growth aspects so that we can continue to take advantage because somebody with all these businesses closing, somebody's going to have to pick up for the clients, you know, exactly. no, no matter what industry you're in. And is it I'm not talking about like it's a land of golden opportunity because I everyone's been saying that and I think in some ways it's like selfish but at the same time all those businesses that are shutting your doors you could probably get some pretty good employees that used to be owners at some point in time too and then even serve them by saying you know what here you did great you had to shut your doors I get it but now you can have a salary with me and you can pay your mortgage and your family can still eat
0: Yes, a lot of our clients that got the EIDL loan or the EIDL loan, we've been encouraging them to use it for marketing. Yeah, right. Um, use your regular cash flow for your operating costs, but double down on marketing because ad spend is super cheap. You can get ads on Facebook, Google, really low. Um, ad agencies are dying right now to get new people. So if you have extra funds, Marketing is where we're pointing all people to do.
1: I love it. I love how you think. <laughs> so glad have. you agree. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a thought to leave with everybody today? I haven't been asking this, and I don't I, I don't think I'd ask anybody else, but I know you're going to have something amazing.
0: Take the risk. Boom.
1: There it is. Mic drop. Awesome. Pam, there you go. That's I got. Wonderful. <laughs> say, hi <laughs> hey, to, thanks, say hi to Nick, your husband, who I've never met, and he's got a great last name. It was nice that he bestowed. Oh, what? What is your maiden name? There's the question
0: oh gosh it's it's um Vitkiss. vitkis <laughs> v-i-t-k-u-s yes so,
1: so was that an upgrade in the last name then when you got married
0: yes because yeah. bless my children they won't the only time they'll have to learn how to know my name is when they have to fill out the mother's maiden name but because walking around and saying i was pam Vitkus, um there's a lot of looks <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> so awesome so pam
0: jordan moved me up in simplicity and the alphabet
1: i love it look at that way to go nick good job <laughs> awesome thanks for being on and uh, thanks, everyone Appreciate needs it. to find you on Instagram at PamJordanCFO, Facebook PamJordanCFO, and website just pamjordan.com. Yep. Love it. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message. I did drive mm-hmm. my ass in just in honor of you today too.
0: Maria. I'm so proud of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wish you were here and you could have driven it.
0: I wish I could have driven it too. Yeah. I haven't been behind the wheel of Aston in a while. I, I drove the um, Derrick's McLaren, did you see that?
1: No, I didn't know you drove that, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> totally, I drove it um, from St. Pete up to Indian Shore nice so, but she was just purring at me the whole time i, bet, and I was like for you sure. got to be kidding me but it was really funny because i was i was you know driving it and i look out to the side and i'm seeing tires like it's that low to the ground i'm seeing tires it was crazy that's
1: insane